You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Laser Ranch today. If you can hear some background noises, there's some animals, there's some homies in the, in the building. You'll probably see some pictures later. Nick Brown's here with his camera taking some photos. Got some uh, razors, right? Don't you dare call that a razor. <laughs> Got some can-ams in the distance We're and some beautiful off, trees. Starting off on a hairy note here. Yeah, typical Oklahoma day today. It's super windy, so if you hear some background noise, we are basically outside. We're in the garage with the door open. Uh, but guest today is Mr. Hunter Owen. Cheers sound, cheers sound. Cheers. Yay, <laughs> hands clapping. Uh, yeah, I mean, most people know you as the laser guy. Yep. But, you know, we'll dive into where that all starts. Um, but, man, this... I think everyone that comes to your house is like, do you actually live here? Is this your house? <laughs> yeah, right? definitely. Everyone listening that knows this house is like, it's not even... It's a house. You're right. Yep. And <laughs> no, it looks more like a bunker. I would it's say. sick, though. Every, it's, I think every guy shows up here and is like, I want this in my life. But their wife says, you're out of your mind. That's funny. I had one of the guys that works for me, his uh, stepdad came over and you could see him just looking around and he's like, man, I used to have something like this. And you could just see all the memories kind of coming out of him. And, but now he's locked down with a wife and kids. <laughs> and I was like, buddy, you come on out here anytime. You can relive your past anytime, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, current times, it's not great, right? It's not great for you because your industry is on lockdown, on hold, all your events, right. are, you know. And we'll, But before we talk about all the events, like, take me all the way back. Like, where does this all start? Um, well, I appreciate you asking that. Yeah, I mean, things are definitely crazy right now, definitely for us and everybody else. And it's given some time to reflect on actually where we started and maybe appreciate a little bit more about the journey that has happened. Um, really, it all started back in college. Um, I switched around to a few different colleges. I, I kind of, I had a scholarship yeah. for... Um, Academics and for it's called PLC. It was a President's Leadership Scholarship, and it paid for quite a bit of school. So it gave me the opportunity that if I could apply that scholarship to a different school, I could still. You know, like I went to UCO my okay. freshman year, um, and I ended up finishing. I didn't finish. Let me back up. I ended up going to college at Oklahoma State, where uh, this is where I created my laser company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get to why I didn't finish in a second. Pretty crazy deal, but. Um, yeah, I started it in college. I used to DJ, and I've always loved music festivals, and I've always loved just the arts and music scene. It's something I really didn't know a lot about growing up. My parents weren't really into concerts, and, mm-hmm. and we didn't have art around the house, and we didn't have anything like that. Grew up in a very conservative family, and um, meat and potatoes, baby, meat and potatoes. And um, yeah, I uh, discovered in college a lot of different music festivals. I went to my first music festival my freshman year, and uh, actually, I went to my first music festival my senior year. Uh, it's called Wakarusa, and okay. uh, at that time, it was in Kansas, and when I saw, you know, production going down, I, I enjoyed the music, but when I saw the production side of things, it really just got my brain thinking, you know, how does it all work? Who does what? And you know, it really kind of blew my mind that that was going on my whole life, and I didn't know anything about it. Right. And um, so... As I was going through college, I started DJing. I've always been into music and playing with instruments and stuff. And uh, just 
got a couple gigs at some local bars and had some friends that would come out and support me a little bit. And so I said, let's buy some lasers, you know, or yeah. buy some lights. And when I started looking into it, I found that lasers are extremely regulated uh, by the FDA and another branch of the FDA called the CDRH. And because of that, it's a very niche market. And because of that, lasers are very expensive. And there's just, anytime there's regulations on things, it's, it's not like other industries where you can just buy in. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of red tape. And um, I, that kind of stuff appeals to me. I, I do like things that are more difficult that not everyone can do. And so I did some research and uh, found a guy online that builds lasers and certifies lasers. And so um, I sold a couple dirt bikes and uh, sold a four-wheeler and I bought uh, five small, but still, you know, pretty, you know, uh, respectable lasers. Right. I think this was probably about 2008, 2009. And um, we started doing small shows in Stillwater and people, the reaction was great. You know, I'd have friends and people I didn't know come up and they really enjoyed it. I could really see the enjoyment in their eyes and so to me just the light bulb came on I thought you know maybe we can push this a little farther rather than it just being a little college extra right. gig kind of a thing you know paying for rent stuff like that yeah yeah because yeah, in college I still had jobs I was the front desk manager at quality Inn there off uh sixth and western or I think that's where it is it's a, right when you pull into Stillwater it's a quality in there and um I've worked my whole life man I mean my, my dad and my mom from a very young age, from as legally able, as young as you can work, they were like, you gotta work. And um, because of that, I've always just <clears throat> had that drive in me to make money and move on to the next step, you know, right. keep working. So, I don't know, a anyway, I, I bought some lasers, we did some shows, we got a following, and at the same time, I'm still going to music festivals, I'm still going to concerts. Well. Right when we started picking up uh, a little bit of steam, it's my senior year of college. I was driving home to Oklahoma City to go on a date, actually, and a semi truck, or is actually a record, like a tar, uh, car towing truck, yeah, cut me off on I-35, and I flipped my truck eight times, got ejected, broke my back, broke a bunch of other various bones, and I got put in the hospital for almost a month. It was a really bad wow. deal. How old are you at this point? Um, that, I was 22. Okay. Yeah, 22, 23. It was probably about 10 years ago. I'm 33 now. So, um, yeah, so this happened uh, literally during finals. I had one more semester left. I was in good academic standing. Um, I had my business was started. At that time, we called it uh, Base Face Productions yeah. because we were also doing these big subwoofers that would make lots of bass and stuff. And that's kind of what made us unique. It was pretty neat. But um, at that time, it was a game changer. It put me in the hospital. It broke my back. Uh, it was not the type of back break where I'm in a wheelchair, but it broke some vertebrae where I had a very long road of recovery and just a lot of hoops to overcome. Yeah. You know? So that gave me a lot of time to think. Gave me a lot of time to be in front of a computer, do some research, and figure out what I really wanted to do in life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's lots of very successful people that have had a profound experience in their life, whether it be good or bad, but something that derailed them, that completely took them on a different course. And this was my moment to really think. Am I, go I was going to school for political science. I was, gonna, I was applying for jobs to be 
like governor's page and you know not people look, listening to this are thinking that's what? not the same person no i know There's no way and people that really know me know i, I very much care about politics and care about the political system and not uh not in that i want to get involved it's more that i just want to know what's going on and fully understand it yeah um i, I try to read past the headlines mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah when this happened it changed everything and uh sitting there and doing the more research i did i realized you know there's a major opportunity that i can take uh the technology with lasers was changing uh you can all the old lasers they had to do gas lasers they're water-cooled gas lasers that run off of an insane amount of power they have to have a water tank that cools the lasers and when it's all set up and it's all ready to go, it's never guaranteed that it's going to work. I mean, it, it should, but right. it's still a science experiment. I mean, the amount of work and just risk that went involved into a laser show in the 90s and early 2000s was mind-blowing. But this new technology came out that made it much more compact, much more affordable, and um, it was a breakthrough for laser guys like myself. Right. And so now there's this new... Uh, era of these younger laser guys that are getting into it and at that time um, I would say we were probably one of the first with this new cutting edge but we're still up against these old school laser guys that have been doing it for years with the old school lasers Mm -hmm. and now they're all getting into this new school so it's really a rat race just who can get the best gear uh, first and get good contacts and I saw that um and so I, I got as much gear as I could. I'm sitting here in bed dying with a broken back or, you know, recovering yeah. from a broken back. I had five decent lasers. Um, and so I started reaching out to different festival owners and different bands that I liked, just finding emails. And at that time, there really wasn't an Instagram presence. You know, Facebook was still kind I'm of sliding in into anybody's DMs. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, there was still plenty of ways to figure out who ran the show and getting in touch with them. And, you know, I would think sitting in bed that long, I got a little stir crazy and I took risks. You know, it right. kind of gave me that YOLO, you know, yeah. and just said, let's let's see what we can do. And so I reached out to some people. I got some responses and we ended up getting a few small shows. Um I would say fast forward to now, but so much in between. <laughs> I don't want to bore you with laserness, but do it. We got plenty of time. We met the right people. I, I ended up meeting a guy. Uh, his name's Jason Han. He is the percussionist for String Cheese Incident, and he has a little side project called Eoto. Shout out to Jason. Super, super awesome dude. Everybody that knows him will agree. He's such a such a pure individual. Yeah. And um, Jason. Um, I've been a big fan of String Cheese Incident. They're a huge part of the music festival and jam band culture. And um, and as electronic music was also making its rise, that's about the same time I was becoming very involved in lasers. Um, Bass Nectar. I, I used to watch Bass Nectar play in front of a stage of 300 people that didn't know who the hell he was in right. Lawrence, Kansas. And fast forward to now, he's one of the biggest DJs ever. And we've worked with them so many more times than I can count. Yeah. You know, and that was my dream as a kid. Like let's someday I want to work for bass nectar. And, uh, now we do. You know, and that, that's, that's something nuts. that I wake up, you know, I'm, I'm not on staff with them, but we get those calls sometimes. Well, yeah. And there's other guys that get that call too. It's part of the production industry, but I'm, it makes me 
tickled to be able to work with these guys who I used to pay tickets to and, you know, front row right. jamming to, you know, it's, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. But um, really that's what it comes down to is doing good work, finding good contacts. I, I met a lot of these people in the infancy of this genre um, since electronic music started. There's now so many subgenres to it. And I, I think that we're a pretty big force to be reckoned with within the EDM, some rap, not so much country. We haven't really re reached into the, that, even though we're in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> country people, we got lasers. <laughs> What's that country festival in, in Stillwater every year? Oh, uh, Rawhide. Can we've done or Calf Fry as well. Oh, Calf Fry, Calf yeah. Fry, yeah. We've done uh, lasers for Calf Fry. Um, my man, what's the guy's name that puts that on? He's a really cool dude. The guy that puts on Kafra, I can't mm -hmm. think of his name right now. He actually let us throw a show there at, um, where's it at? What's that place in Stillwater? I have no idea. I've never been. You're asking me. Who's, I've never been there. It's <laughs> Someone called, from uh, the UK owns one pair Nick, of boots. What's that place in Stillwater called where they have Kafra? It's like a, you know what I'm talking about? It's a big. Tumbleweed. Yeah. Okay. Tumbleweed. Yeah. It's called Tumbleweed. Um, my homie, yeah, bought that place back when I started this laser company, yeah. and he let us throw a show there that was, it was April 23rd, 2009, I believe. Sounds about right. Dude, it was wild. We, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We had everything just, it was terrible. The speakers weren't right. The lasers weren't right. The lights weren't right. Everyone was having fun. But nobody had any idea. No one had any idea. Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah. No one had any idea. That's awesome. Uh, Wait, yeah. So when you decided to go like, okay, this is where I want to go, sat, you know, you sat in bed with a broken back, and then when you get out and you recover and your, you know, rat race starts, where... Where was that first like breakthrough show? Where was that first show that you're like, okay, like this is where I want to be at. This is where I want to do. No, that's a great question, man. Um, we, I, the, bur the first show that sticks out to me that really was like, man, this is cool. It's something we can do. We're making money. Um, we'd been doing these little shows, been doing DJing and doing frat parties. And, you know, with that, I wasn't renting my stuff for what it's worth. I'm like, hey, I'll do it for $1,000. Right. I was wanting to get to where people are renting each individual thing so that the price is you, what you're renting, and that's what the price is. You know, that's ultimately where I wanted to be. And so we got offered to do uh, a Spungle show. He's a Psytrance artist that makes some really cool, trippy stuff. I used to be very heavy into him. And we got a phone call from his management through Jason Hand, the guy mm -hmm. that I'd met. And I guess they needed a laser guy for a run of shows. We packed up my uh, old Tahoe that's actually over there on the side of my house. We packed up the old Tahoe. Uh, we drove down to Austin and Dallas and maybe El Paso. We did three shows and made some good money, met more contacts, and they were stoked on it. They loved our yeah. work. And so that was really just the, the fuel that I needed to say, hey, this is a thing people like this and start getting contacts yeah networking and it just snowballed from there it didn't snowball from there it it was very slow mm -hmm. until we started proving ourselves. i lasers are so expensive you know for me to really charge what i need to to run a business we weren't there yet okay you know i was still putting a price on me and were I'm you saying, still working another job at this point as well oh yeah oh yeah i was still working other jobs i was um at that time i was Let's see. When I first started it, I was helping my uncle do an irrigation, mm -hmm. you know, an irrigation company. And um, where was I working? I had another job at that time. 
around there is when it started to take on almost full time. Okay. You know, I was paying bills with it. I wasn't living in a nice house. Well, you're paying taxes on it. Yeah, I'm paying taxes, paying bills. You know, I've been a legit taxpayer for over 10 years now with this business, and that's something I feel good about. But, um, yeah, around then it just really clicked. Yeah. Things were getting serious, so... Uh, reached out to other people. We started landing festival contracts. And um, as EDM started to take off and as that whole culture started to build, lasers were almost demanded. I mean, at this point, lasers are right. kind of, they have to be in some shows. Some shows you have to have lasers. Yeah. At that time, it was just the cream on top of the cake. I was seeing that evolution and kind of the sides kind of turned where people knew they needed lasers mm-hmm. for their shows. And that's where we are today. Well, <laughs> There's not a yeah. single laser show in the books because of COVID-19 <laughs> today. Right. But you said earlier, though, you went to UCO as well. Like, where does that all fit in? And you said that, you know, didn't do you finish or not finish? Like, was this all part of the laser thing kicking off and you thinking, I don't, why I don't need a degree anymore? Well, you know, when the wreck happened, it was my senior year. Yeah. And I had already kind of taken my college journey. Got I was you. really just over college. I was trying to finish. I wasn't, wasn't trying sure. to stay in college. I was really wanting to finish it and get out. Um, and so the wreck happened and I got so much time on my hands to think about crap and really the recovery process for my back was also a time as I'm building my inventory, building my website. And I was just, right. I don't know. It all happened. Everything happens for a reason. Sure. I do believe that. And with the timing of that happening and just the way everything's happened since then, it, it gives me a lot of motivation to right. keep going and just, uh, do good work, be a good person, and just mm-hmm. so I have no reg- no regrets, man. No, no regrets. <laughs> so EDM starts kicking off, and they started like really needing like every every festival needs or every show as well needs lasers. And I mean, I I went to I was kind of into the EDM scene as well as a kid. So yeah, EDM's kicking off, and like I I went to a couple of festivals growing up. Like I was in that whole scene, and there was one like in Texas that's not that not there now. It's not lights all night. It was like a small festival in a field in Texas. I can't remember. In what part of Texas? Just north of Austin, maybe. Was, was it called? Euphoria? Yes, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Euphoria, so I went man, to that. That like was my, you went to Euphoria. Yeah, like my freshman sophomore year, maybe. Wow, that uh, is a, a great couple of guys festival. in town. Went to that. Uh, that was really good. So like, who was playing that time? Uh, Aoki was the big one who was there that mm-hmm. time because he came out on his like dinghy and was spraying champagne and handing out and, coronas and cake yeah, and then yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Sebastian Ingrosso played that day too yep. which was like and I think maybe Calvin Harris was playing it was sick but I also you know I went there went to I mean Austin City Limits is awesome for all kinds of music I've been there a couple of times and then I also saw uh, Swedish House Mafia on their final tour through the UK, which was by far the oh, best show I've ever been I bet been that to. was bonkers. It was nuts. Uh, I mean, since they've come back and gone again since that yeah, point. Exactly, and but, made other projects. <laughs> oh, exactly, yeah. But that, that was like the whole time where I was into it, and it was kind of really kicking off. But when, like, what was that first festival then for you? That you were like, okay, this is a, like a, not like a little Oklahoma, for, this, yeah, is a, yeah, this yeah. is a festival, people coming from all over the country to go to. Um, well, I'm... It's funny you mentioned Euphoria because my old roommate and I used to do all of the designs for Euphoria. Mm-hmm. They'd gone for a couple years, and then we reached out to them. This is when I was getting crazy. Right. We reached out to them. We said, we can do better. And um, my old roommate is still to this day the best production designer. I mean, on CAD drawings, it's just, he's a wizard. His name's Brad. Brad's the man. And um, shout out to Brad. Uh, Brad Myers. Mm-hmm. Hire him. 
So Brad and I we reached out to Euphoria and we made this killer design. And for the last three years, maybe even four years of Euphoria, we got to do all of their work. Yeah. And um, that was awesome. I love that festival. It was a well, beautiful uh, area. Define the work. Like, what work are you doing for them? So we would pitch to them, this is what your stage is going to look like. Gotcha. These are the lights you're going to use. This is the size of the stage. Okay. This is your audio package. This is the crew. We did everything. Yeah. So this is where your work trailers are going to be. This is where, uh, you know, th for the most part, the festival was established. They knew where their stages were. They knew how it operated. But we came in with the production logistics and laid it all out for them. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, you got 10 different people bidding for 10 different jobs, and they got 10 different checks to write. We did everything. Yeah. We handled all of it to where they had one production manager, and each stage had a production manager. And the client themselves, they were stress-free. Everything went smoothly. And they saved a fortune because they... We we were able to work out all the problems that they would have possibly you know right. had, and um, Brad and Two Can Productions here locally in Oklahoma City. That's just what they specialize in. They come in and just no one compares. I, I really love those yeah. guys. But uh, yeah, working at Euphoria was awesome, and um, you know your question, what was the one that really opened my eyes and said, this is we need to keep going. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up, I worked. Went to a Wakarusa Festival. I didn't go to the first one, but I went to the second Wakarusa all the way to the very last one. And um, each time that I would go, I, my interest was growing, and then I started my company. And I'd say the last six Wakarusas, we got hired as the main stage and the side stage laser production company. So that was a really freaking awesome experience you know full circle growing up discovering production loving production and then getting hired by that festival right. that all these my favorite artists go to uh, that was really really amazing and you know beside that we uh oh probably should turn that off <laughs> beside that i also uh met some contacts with uh, the chain smokers and they asked us to go to Coachella. It's probably been five years since then, four or five years. And doing Coachella just showed me the whole, you know, the biggest side right. of EDM. What do you like when you get that phone call? Oh, man. Like, are you serious? Like, really? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I was very stoked on that. They, um, the Chainsmokers, Alex and Drew, are really nice people. And when they were growing and blowing up, their, their first big stuff, um, they were very loyal to the crew that you know they still are loyal they keep a lot of the same guys around um but they had us come out for a good string of shows we did a tour with them we did red rocks and then uh, got to do coachella with them and that was just i'd never seen production of that magnitude yeah you know that was pretty cool to see and now fast forward to now fast forward to this Today, month we yeah. were supposed to be doing coachella weekend one and two with lewis the child we actually had three artists that were renting lasers for us or using our gear in some yeah. way shape or form and the virus it's, shut that, yeah, down. Shut that and, down you know having three artists over two weekends at a major festival you can only imagine how much that hurts us right. financially and you know emotionally I, I really like that stuff i i don't do this for money i, I do it to keep the lights on at night yeah. obviously and to grow a legitimate business but the most important thing is i love this stuff i love the artists right. we work with i love the music that they play i love lasers i love all of this and so it's really more of an emotional uh blow yeah it's a miss yeah you miss it a lot absolutely yeah. yeah so you said they rent you know they rent your gear right so you have all this gear someone calls to you hey we need you know we want you to come out you 
send someone out with all that gear to run it and set up do they like plug in their stuff that they've designed for their songs and lights and stuff or is yeah, that yeah yeah no, that's a great explain question how too. that works because people listening are like lasers you mean like pen lights lasers yeah. <laughs> like you shouldn't be pointing at helicopters that kind of thing i mean it kind of yeah, yeah. it's a it's the same technology just way powerful yeah um we have most of the guys that work from air contractor base just that's how this industry runs mm -hmm. um you're specialized in what you do and i don't want to lock you down for me when my gigs are you know we work on weekends sometimes we're busy sometimes we're not yeah so most of the industry is set up in the way not all of it and there's plenty of guys that are full-time but you know in my laser industry it's we're the special teams of things so we're not we have seasonal yeah and with that i like my guys to be contractors because they can go do other gigs um and i try to pay them as best i can and keep them as busy as i can but that doesn't always happen. right and so i've got about five guys that i really trust and love to death um parker jeff andrew josh gunner matt uh i mean there's just so many really cool dudes in my industry that are about my age that mm -hmm. are hungry and just love this stuff and so those guys um each gig is different you know sometimes we'll get a a one-off show most common thing is a one-off show someone calls us they say hey we got a show in two weeks our ticket shows our ticket sales are pretty good we want to add lasers we say all right i can do four lasers it's about you know yeah. entry-level package or we can go up to you know 20 lasers yeah and um you'll find that every client is so different <laughs> um some people have no money to spend and usually those are the most difficult clients that you have because they want everything <laughs> they want everything yeah and then you got clients that have so much money to spend, you know, big corporate clients that want to do really cool, creative stuff. That's why they have tons of money thrown at them because right. someone said, hey, make this cool. Um, those are my favorite that kind of come at us and say, hey, we know you guys are good. You've been doing this for 10, 12 years. You got really good gear. You do your job. Yeah. This is how much we're paying you. You know, obviously we bid the job for the gear and the labor and the hours and it's all you know, very accurate and competitive, but I really love the clients that say, you know, here's the stage, light it up. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's how it is sometimes with a lot of corporate shows, they come in and they don't really use lasers very often. And right. they say, here's what the room looks like. What do you, what do you think we can we do here? We trust you to do your job, yeah, knock that, yourself out kind of thing. And that's usually when it looks the best. Yeah. And then sometimes we have dudes, um, like my good friend, Christian Jackson, he is a lot of these a lot of people that will listen to this that are on the lighting side of things he makes these youtube videos that are i mean they're so awesome they're really easy to understand he uh very well put together mm -hmm. and overall they're just uh informational and it helps other lighting guys get the tools they need to become better and uh so christian's been putting out these videos for a long time he fully understands the lighting world and his tour with lewis the child incorporates a large amount of lasers and so when he came to us with this idea, you know, his work was already done. He, he knows what's going on. He hadn't worked with lasers, but he knows how they work. Right. And guys like him that are just on the genius level of running lights, that's when you really get to see a good show. Uh, the Lewis the Child production is so well put together. I mean, it, it's art. It is at that point, it's art. There's plenty of guys that buy a bunch of gear and they turn it on and it works and the crowd's cheering. But shows like that, there's so much back work that goes in that you mm -hmm. don't see that it's it's like an artist. You right. know, they they build this whole 
piece of artwork and then they show it to you and it really is beautiful. Yeah. And so, you know, some shows I get more enjoyment out of than other and some shows really just pay the bills and some shows don't pay the bills, but it's just that yin and that yang. You yeah. know, the laser industry is honestly, it's pretty brutal and the competition's very stiff at this point. Um, you know, thank God I started when I did because we have, I don't know, probably 200 lasers at yeah. this point. I don't even know. <laughs> Do you have them all in-house right now? Yeah. Do they all come back? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the virus, we have every single laser back for the first time. I mean, usually we run at about 30 to 50% capacity max with, you know, stuff coming in, repairs, in and out, tours on, tours right. ending, and, you know, shipping. It just With all the logistics involved, and there's always stuff gone. Right now, we have every single laser back. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is why, going back to your love of lasers, you set up in the shop next door. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, how long did that take? I came over and you had just started it that morning. Oh, the wiring uh, was, what, three like three weeks days, ago. Yeah. But, yeah, for you guys that can't, that know, don't know what's going on here, I've got my, I live on a ranch. It's about 10 acres. I got my house and I've got my shop. My shop is, we're building another one. Obviously, COVID-19. We're building another one that's going to be uh, 60 by 40 by 20, yeah. which allows us to build stages and, you know, huge ceilings. and lets us really do what we do. Right. The shop that I have right now is 50 by 30 by 12, so super low ceilings. And, you know, it's so it's good shop for storing my gear, working on my stuff, but it's not ideal for setting up a real-world production scenario. And so uh, with all the gear being back, we set up, I mean, it was like hundreds of yeah. lasers, hundreds of lasers. The and equivalent of like what's to put this into perspective, people listening, like put this into perspective, like what's the equivalent show size? Oh man, that, that would, you you had set up in the house. It would have been like ten regular size shows inside of a small shop, like <laughs> ma like main stage Coachella. Oh yeah, like so like it was crazy. Out size show. We had like almost, I think almost 300 lasers set up with yeah. everything all combined with all the bars and every, it was stupid but um, yeah we pulled in some of my off-road vehicles mapped it out just stayed up hella late with my homies Parker and Josh and uh, I think we live streamed some of it about eight beers deep yeah <laughs> and uh, you know it was a good time it's man. on Facebook right yeah and on Instagram whatever it's somewhere on there yeah. I don't know if I'm it's hilarious <laughs> we were it is hilarious never gonna time. be seen again probably <laughs> or you know anywhere else but um, you, you know back to Coachella what for people listening right people can go to Coachella they can spend all the money and they can go and dance around in the desert and have a great time but what's it like from a production side of things like you've seen it from a side that most people will never ever get the opportunity to see it from right so oh, yeah. you know what's it What's it like? What's the stories? And some that you can say, I'm sure. Some that you can't. You gotta uh, keep to yourself. You're but, killing it with the questions because, like, right? everything you've asked, I definitely have a story for. Um, I mean, it's up to you to share them. I'm not. No, no. The first weekend of me. Coachella, I was jazzed up. I was nervous. You know, this is six years ago. Yeah. So nervous, and we get these list of instructions. You know, our, our call sheet. Yeah. And they say, hey, you need to be here at this time, and you got all this crap to unload at this time. I'm oh, sorry, I put my phone on silent. I'm the worst. So I show up and normal festivals, they're like, oh, hey, you're the laser guy. Here's the stage. Do what you want. Yeah. yeah. They don't really care. We don't have a whole lot of crap to set up. 
And this festival, Coachella, is not like that. You right. show up and you got to go through this gate and, oh, that wristband only allows you to go into this gate. I mean, it's so massive. And so we finally get on grounds and they bring out a giant box truck and they put all of my gear on a box truck and then they put drug dogs in the truck to sniff it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, that's Fair pretty enough. cool. Never seen this before. Yeah. So we get up there and most festivals, and you know, everything's different every festival's different there's a lot of festivals that aren't ran very well but at that magnitude I would think it's all ran pretty yeah. on point and so most festivals you get these little meal tickets or they put the meal tickets on your RFID code on your wristband and you gotta eat I mean if you're working in the desert all day and you're doing production stuff and lifting and just you gotta eat but there's not a lot of time to eat and so I'm working all day, setting up lasers. We have a really weird schedule because there's artists playing and we could only work in like 30 minute increments. You know, someone would stop. We'd be building on the side of the stage and yeah. run some cables across the stage. And well, another artist is coming on. So I got to stop working and a lot of hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Well, it's finally showtime. We got everything built. We had to completely build a stage in 30 minutes. You know, the, the artist ends. We have 30 minutes to bring our crap on. There's another show, you know, at the other end of the festival happening. And after that show ends, everyone in masses comes over to this show. And uh, so we get it all built. We get it all done. And show's over. And I thanked myself, like, man, I haven't eaten anything all day. And I'm sweating in the desert. I'm lifting dressed stuff. Dressed in black. <laughs> I went dressed in black. <laughs> I went to go walk down the stairs. And I guess I passed out. I've never passed out. I mean, I've played sports my whole life. Yeah. I have done two-a-days in football. I I have done some hard stuff. When you came over, I had a chainsaw on a shovel in my hand. I mean, I'm always working. I don't know what happened. I fell down the stairs, and I woke up with a big old bump in my forehead, and I was so hungry. I just didn't think all yeah. day about eating. I was too nervous. Um, I just was I just wasn't thinking about eating, I guess. And uh, long story short, I passed out because I didn't eat. It's never happened to me before. And we were doing weekend one and weekend two. So I drove up to LA. We spent the week. You know, I, I felt fine the whole week. And the next weekend, we show up and I asked the people, I'm like, man, where's the catering tent? I didn't eat last weekend. The catering tent was maybe 20 yards behind our <laughs> stage. And I walk behind it. And it's, I'm talking the Coachella catering tent. Right. I walk behind it. They got a hot wing bar. They got a salad bar. They got a barbecue bar. Yeah. They got a freaking dessert bar. And there's, you know, all these artists and just, you know, big wigs and stuff eating everywhere. The damn thing was 20 yards behind the main stage all weekend. You had no idea. I had no idea. And I just, yeah, I'm not going to make that mistake so again. So the second weekend, you went to town. I sat in, I legit sat in the catering tent for like an hour and a half and just gorged myself, my friend. <laughs> it was... I had a hard time working the rest of the day. Did those, those wings compete to your wings? Uh, come on, Mike. <laughs> you know my wings are fire. I'm baiting you there. I'm yeah. setting you up. For but those of you that don't know, I'm addicted to hot wings heavily. I could go to hot wing rehab if that was a thing. How, how many different sauce kinds are there in the fridge right now? Legit, right yeah. now, if we pulled every sauce out of my fridge, there's probably... Well, every couple months I go in and I take all the old stuff out. There's probably 60 different <laughs> sauces in there right now. I mean, like rare stuff from yeah. the Asian market. Like you smell it. You're like, you eat that? Yeah. Hell yeah. 
that, does, that stuff doesn't kill you? No? It's probably why I haven't got Corona. <laughs> For those of you that can't see, I'm literally drinking a Corona. Yeah. <laughs> drinking a Corona right now. Uh, so Cotel is obviously nuts. Any others that just stand out that were just like, I mean, great stories and amazing moments and like pivotable moments in like your laser career? Coachella was the eye opener. I mean, seeing production of that that side was like, holy crap, I love this. Seeing it something that big and meeting all the guys that have worked. you You have different production crews and different production companies that work East Coast, Midwest, West Coast. Everybody does it different. And, uh, the guys on the West Coast, they do it different than we do here in, yeah. in the Midwest. And I, it was very eye-opening just to go out and hang out with some cool West Coast dudes and Matt Coachella, man. And it's just cool. I, yeah. Very humbling experience to get to make money, doing what you love, working with artists whose m- music you legitimately love. And um, it gives you the fuel you need to keep going. Yeah. For sure. Can we tell the little baby story? Hell yeah, we'll tell we a little baby story. That happened one year ago. Yeah. Like that was the last Oklahoma, week. That was an Oklahoma show. What do you show, think, right? Nick? Should we talk about no comment? Nick no was comment? Here for that. <laughs> there is blood on the floor next to me because of that. Oh, man. I don't know how much of this I can tell you guys. That's what I asked. Well, you know, that tell us as much as you can tell us. Uh, so, for those people listening, who is little baby first? And so, like last year, he was blowing up. Yeah, no, he's still blowing up. I'm going to watch what I say here. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, we worked with Little Baby. Um, his crew is all great people. He was an R&B like rap artist. Yeah, he's right? a rap artist. Rap he artist, really yeah. blew up a lot recently. Um, we've worked with a lot of artists that's in his um, label, yeah. I guess you call it. Um, here at the Laser Ranch, I'm very uh, giving. You know, I have different artists come out. Two weeks ago, we had Hippie Sabotage. We've had... Uh, Super Duper Kyle, we've had Chain Smokers. I mean, we've had some major, major artists come out here to the ranch. You know, with all my dirt bikes and my pond and the river being back there, it's someplace where I can say, hey, you know, I know you guys pay me money to do lasers, yeah. but here's my way of giving back. Come, come out, out let's shoot some, some guns, yeah. let's, let's ride some side-by-sides, let's have some good times. I quote Super Duper Kyle. He came out on 4th of July two years ago, and he said, this was the best day of my life. And it probably was. I yeah. mean, it was one of the best days of my life that day. They came out, we drove down the river, we shot guns, we saw a bald eagle on 4th of July, uh, shot skeet, then we took the side-by-sides all the way down to Lost Lakes Amphitheater, mm-hmm. and they were having a 4th of July show that night, so they are setting up their production. They have an obstacle course set up. They let us wakeboard for free. Yeah. I mean, the whole day was just fun-filled. Everything was beautiful. And, um, you know, guys like that, they were looking at buying land in Oklahoma. I told them how cheap <laughs> land in Oklahoma is. Come They're like, man, out. this place is incredible. Right. And so guys like that, I get to show them a piece of Oklahoma, get to show them how I've lived for 33 years, um, and just let them know what we do right. out here. I think lots of people think we're just meth-smoking rednecks, which if you Thanks watch Tiger King, that's, that's the image you're going to get. But... You know, there's just so many hardworking, passionate people here. Oklahoma is so beautiful. The landscape with the mountains and the sand dunes. And we we have it all here. And um, the more I travel, the more I really love Oklahoma. You know, it's... you know, I've, I've traveled yeah. all over the world doing this laser stuff. Well, you did the whole tour. We'll get back to the little baby story in a second, but you did the whole military tour that, a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I did a European military tour for uh, 
my really good friend, his name's Rob Blake. He's an illusionist out of Norman. He was on America's Got Talent. One of the coolest, hardest working dudes, man. Uh, if you yeah. don't know who Rob Blake is, definitely go check out his Instagram, his Facebook. It's called, uh, I, I believe it, he's an illusionist, not a okay. magician. There's a difference between those because he builds these tricks that he is the only one that does them. Right. Now, that's a whole other industry that <laughs> you should definitely talk to a magician sometime. That's okay. a crazy industry, man. But um, anyway, back to little baby. You know, I, I put myself out there too often, and I obviously really enjoy having people come out here. And sometimes things happen. Right. And uh, you know, little baby came out. We got a little turn. And uh, he came out with his crew and his girls too, right? Oh man, like yeah. Typical R and B like rap stuff. Oh like yeah, he was. came out. He came out heavy. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I have mad respect for anyone in this industry and. You know, if you respect me, I respect you. And we had a little incident go down. A machine was, two of my machines were flipped yeah. without my permission. Um, we had some rules. Some rules were broken. And as a result, um, you know, some people got hurt. Some hospital visits. Yeah, some people got hurt. Some of my machines got broken. And um, it was just a really scary uh not good situation. Eye-opening situation for you? Yeah, it was eye-opening. We definitely, um, we have waivers <laughs> for people out here. <laughs> and, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, there's just, there's good and there's bad and there's right and there's wrong. And there right. were some things that happened that weren't good and that were wrong that day. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't have a lot of control over it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I put myself out there. I try to be a good person. I let people have fun. You know, we got this amazing facility here for people to just come do things they've probably never done before. Right. And um, at the end of the day, things happen. Yeah. So uh, we no longer work with Little Baby. <laughs> I don't know if that was his choice or ours, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> shit happens, man. Yeah. We're laughing about it here. Yeah. Um, I know you weren't laughing about it at the time, but you can laugh at it now. Yeah, you know, it's been a year. Um whatever we actually yeah. haven't even talked about it. there's been nothing talked about since that happened there's plenty of people that have no idea <laughs> that, that even happened but there's um, obviously a lot more of the story that if oh, you yeah, know yeah. if you know this then then i'm sure you know the story anyway but, but you know but to, i mean to the point of you having people out you threw a killer birthday party last year oh yeah man oh yeah we i've lived out here for i think this is our fourth year mm -hmm. and um a couple of the guys that work for me have well andrew his birthday is the day before mine I believe his is the 10th or the 12th mine's June 11th his is the day before or after yeah. and um, so we've done a couple just kind of conjoined birthday parties have the homies out and um, you know there's a couple people here in Oklahoma City that are actually very well connected in the music industry there's a booking agency here a management company here and a couple really big artists here in OKC and so you know, we'd have some parties, set up some DJ gear, set up some lasers, and just have a good yeah. old-fashioned time. Uh, Rust Liquid was here. So this last year, I took it a step further. Um, you know, we got all this gear. Had a legit stage and a legit oh, festival. Yeah, it was yeah. legit. So we took it a step further. I took a couple months in advance and let people know on a Facebook. And, you know, it's a friend's. It was called Friend Stock. Yeah. And only friends could come, and you could invite a friend. And so if I didn't know you, you better have been invited by a friend, basically. Yeah. And, um, man, we had such a great time. We set up a stage, a legit stage. We set up lasers and lights, a badass audio system. We flew out Rest Liquid from New Orleans. Um, 
<laughs> our front of house, our sound booth area was my old RV. So we gutted the RV out. We put the Grand May lighting console, the mm-hmm. sound booth, everything inside of the RV. So we're running lights and sound inside of an RV. <laughs> it, it was, was the a- best place to be because it was the only place that had aircon outside of the yeah, house. Yeah, it had air conditioning. <laughs> it was great, man. For the middle of June, it was honestly the spot. Yeah. But it was a great thing. We had so many friends and neighbors and... Uh, People came out, partied till it late. Was early. Yeah we, yeah, we had a good time, man. Early in the morning the next day. Yeah, and it the went, coolest part yeah. was is, you know, the people that were invited, those people who I was actually kind of a little bit worried about. I wake up in the morning, and there's that's what people were picking up trash. My All property right. was cleaner the next day than it was when we started. Like, and that's, hey, come over. Come over next time. We can do it. Absolutely, man. That's the kind of stuff that makes you smile in the morning, and maybe that happens in other states, but I think that's some Oklahoma proud stuff right, right there. definitely. Um <laughs> back to i guess current current situation and you know but i guess this time now is is kind of like the time where you know you were in bed waiting for your back to heal like you have all this time on your hands now to kind of re you know rethink and and figure out where you know you've been in the business for this long you're established now i guess a time to think and you know plan for the future yeah yeah what's you know outside of playing with the you know playing with the can-ams and working on can-ams and you know building a um, you know, what is it, the golf course that you have? Yeah, frisbee golf and dirt tracks and all the rest of it on the land. Like for work, what you know, what what's what's been in the works, what you've been thinking about, what's this time been like? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when we're busy and when things were good, let's back up six months ago. Yeah. Um This was supposed to be a huge year for you, right? Oh yeah, you know, last year was great. We just finished doing lights all night in Dallas. And New Year's for most production special effects companies, that's just a big time of year. And um, last year, I uh, rewarded, I don't say rewarded, I, I, I said, hey guys, you did a really good job on New Year's. We crushed it. Everything went flawlessly. I'm going to take you guys on a ski trip. So last year, we took a ski trip. Um, it's usually February, first week of February, last week of January. And I uh, went to Keystone. And it just kind of showed my guys, you worked hard. Yeah. Let's go have some fun. Next year, we're going to go bigger. And so this year, we were so busy. Everybody crushed it. Um, unfortunately, uh, on Christmas Eve, so right before our getting busy time, my father passed away. Mm-hmm. So I really had to rely on my guys to um, step it up and, and fill the void. Because there's a lot of things that I do that I specialize in. And when we're working, I'm not just here renting gear. I go out and I'll set shows up, program shows. And there's plenty of things that I need to be there for. And my guys really stepped up and handled it. And so um, this year, once again, my way of saying thank you is we're taking a ski trip. And so the virus was well established in February. Yeah. Everyone knew it was happening. We didn't know what was going to happen, but it was pretty well established. Globally. Globally, yeah. Yeah. And so everyone had their opinions on what could and what would happen. Personally, I I had a feeling it was coming. You know, if it's spreading, it's It's why is it not going to come here? And so, you know, it was kind of our way of saying, let's go have some fun before things get bad. And so we went to Keystone. We had a great time. And, you know... And that was just a couple of months ago, man. Yeah. And now all this crazy stuff's happening. Got a great, great clip of Nick busting it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've seen. Nick busted it out there in the busting slopes. Busting it, skiing for the first time. It was great. Now, we brought the homies out. We had a good time. And, you know, we kind of kept it in our pocket that this could be the last 
right. little fund we have for quite some time. But I never knew that it was going to globally shut down mm. the world. You know, like I, no one can plan for that no matter what. And so we got back and we started seeing things get postponed. Festivals saying, hey, we might not happen. Gigs saying, hey, we're not going to happen. And um, really, March, we started losing them. Yeah. And then people started posting, you know, hey, this festival's canceled till next year. And so, yeah, the writing was on the wall. Um, and I, I, at this current time, and I'm pretty sure the same for everybody, no matter what they're posting on Facebook or no matter how many live streams they do, yeah, no one's really generating money in the production industry. There's people that are doing live streams and doing donation-based shows, which I, I love that stuff. That stuff right. is really awesome. I don't have a good Wi-Fi connection out here at the Laser Ranch, so I can't really do that kind of stuff. It sucks. But uh, there's dudes that are doing some really cool stuff in this time, and... Darwinism, you know, mm. cream rises to the top, baby, and uh, survival of the fittest. So there's some people that are surviving, but um, we, I'm biased. I live here in Oklahoma City, and probably one of the cheapest cities and the cheapest states and the cheapest part yeah. of the country. And um, you know, with living here, I uh, don't have a lot of expenses. Our gas is cheap. My mortgage is cheap, and. Uh, all the gear that we own, we don't have bank loans on. You know? Right, I have yeah. No bank loans for my business. And so I'm in a position right now where it sucks that we're in a pandemic, but I'm not too worried about, right. you know, not making money. It, yeah. it sucks not making money, you know, going for 12 years and working towards something and just seeing it fall mm. off the cliff, quite literally. Um, but as far as just like the stress of things, it's giving me time to go in there and work on my gear, clean my gear, inventory my gear, see what we got, um, label things a little bit better and, you know, really just get everything ready so that when this industry does open back up, we can hit the ground running. Right. And I think a lot of guys are doing that. There's a lot of people that are finally getting their stuff back, you know, that have been busy like me. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a sad deal to not see people make money that have worked so hard their whole life but i do think when things open up you're going to see some of the best laser shows some oh, of the yeah. best lighting i mean think about all the artists who are finishing those albums they never finished right, right. now you yeah. know there's a running joke that like oh album coming soon well they never finish it yeah no excuses now man i mean you lock yourself in a studio for weeks there's no nothing going yeah. on so uh just a weird time obviously the production industry we were the first to get cut sure. you know, large gatherings that's what we make money off Basically, of is large exactly ticket sales thing, yeah. we're the first to get cut we're the last ones to get let back in but um, you know I'm trying to stay positive about it uh huh uh you know really not a whole right. lot we can do right now when, whenever it does kind of pick back up like where do you continue moving in the same direction like obviously there's levels to what you do and bigger productions and bigger clients and stuff like that like where you know what's Obviously, there's clients out there like there was when you first started that, you know, I'd love to work for these people one day, you know, and, and then you, you start working for those people and, and you just keep climbing the ladder. Who's, like, next, like, on the level? Like, where, where are you at right now with, you know, Laser Wolf and then who, what's the next level right now? Yeah, yeah. You're killing it with the questions. Thank you. You must do this or something. I know. <laughs> I might have done 150 of these already. Jesus. It's practice. Yeah. It's good. Man, um... I'm biased because I, there's certain things that I like and there's certain experiences I've had yeah. that make me not like certain music. Yeah. I mean, there are legitimately some artists that have 
screwed me over before, and I don't like them anymore. Yeah. Their music after that day just became less good for some reason. So, you know, you guys might like it, but I could tell you a story that happened to me, and yeah. you'd be like, well, screw those guys. I don't like their music either. Right. So at this point in my life, my uh, opinions on music and kind of what I feel is the future and what I like is, is very opinionated. Um, I can tell you who I love and who I appreciate and mm. who I feel deserves to be on the top. Um, Lewis the Child, obviously. Yeah, those play, guys. Playground Radio. Oh, they're incredible. Just look it up. It's so good. They're so cool. Uh, um, their crew, their them, just all of everything that goes behind their whole image mm -hmm. and just kind of their way moving forward. It's legit. Um, Thank yeah. you, Nicholas. I mentioned Christian earlier. He's their LD. And just, I like working with people like that. They have their shit together. Yeah. They're easy to work with. They appreciate you. And they're good people. Um, so I feel like those are the people that deserve to be on top. Right. But the festival, production, touring, who yeah. gets to go to the big stuff, it's somewhat political. I mean, I'm sure there's politics involved yeah, and who yeah. gets the someone's best headlining slot for, for a festival and, and blah 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 yeah. I, I don't work in that industry so I don't yeah. know but I think that um, definitely Lewis Child um, but who who do you want to go work for next though like who, who do I want to work who, for who's up there that like you know on your list that's like okay my goal now is to work with this person or to like what's your next level I personally would like to find somebody who's a wizard mm -hmm. and has like great music but just hasn't gotten the chance yet okay um i once again i'm biased right. <laughs> but i think that production and the music has e not equal not at all but it certainly helps raise the a, profile there's yeah importances in both sides obviously people listen to the music and that's what got them there in the first place not production the music yeah. the artist that's what got us there and that's the most important thing mm -hmm. but i do believe in this day and age if you want to stay relevant and you want to tour and you want to make money you got to have killer production and so there's a couple artists that i listen to on soundcloud that i found them with you know very few followers and they've grown yeah. but they're not at all where i think they deserve i reach out to some of them sometimes yeah. i'm like hey man you know we'll we'll do your production for a killer deal I truly believe in what you're doing yeah. and so with that uh, there's one artist Nick and I were listening to him last week his name's pronounced yeah he's on SoundCloud I don't know what his Spotify presence is anymore I just kind of listen to him on SoundCloud mm -hmm. he's gone through a couple name changes um, there's a lo local artist here in Oklahoma City named Tynan he's really killing it I mean he's blowing up lately um mm. But there's no one, like, mainstream that everyone else would know, like, you know, like a Calvin Harris or whatever it is that you'd be yeah, like, yeah. I'd love to be on their side, you know, would do stuff for them. That doesn't really drive you? It, no. I mean, I, I think about who I got to work with. <laughs> um, like, Bass Nectar. Yeah. I love their team. Um, my buddy Justin Casey is their LD. He took over a couple years ago. Um, their video guy's a really close friend of mine, too. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I like working with them. They're really good people, but they're kind of already the cream of the crop. Right. So as far as EDM, they're already up there. And I don't know. It's just a different question. I don't listen you to... You guys haven't done European stuff yet, though, right? We've done some You've European done some? stuff. Um, usually we send gear with an artist and okay. they, they use it out What's there. What's that huge one in 
Holland, Belgium. What's it called? It's like the biggest European one. Climax or Qmax or something. Uh, no, I'm thinking of something. I'm thinking of one. It always has like a nuts stage. It's a crazy stage. Oh, Tomorrow World? Yes. Tomorrow, yeah, Tomorrow that's World. Stuff. I've never been to one of those. No. That does look wild. Would you go? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I'm always down to see big production. It looks crazy, doesn't Personally, it? Personally, the fan base and just the culture behind it, mm. that's not not my thing. But no. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So wrapping this up with some, I don't know, fun things to talk about. Uh, current projects around the Laser Hands right now. Hmm. Well... When you pulled in, we were working on a little pit bike track. I uh, I got a pit bike a couple weeks ago. I used to have them growing up. They're fun. But, um, you know, as times change, so do your yeah. interests and things. And right now my interest is a pit bike. Um, my girlfriend two weeks ago wrecked a pit bike and broke her leg and tore her ACL nice and partially Dino. tore her MCL. Yep, yep, yep. It was a... Thankfully, she can work from home. Yeah, she had ACL surgery a week ago tomorrow, and um, it's going to be a long road to recovery, but kind of rough start on the old uh, pit bike it's a big endeavor. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've got here at the ranch, I get to 10 minutes from downtown, so if I need to go to Home Depot, I can go get what I need. Chickens fighting over there? Sorry, my chickens are fighting. But uh, yeah, here at the ranch, we got lots of land to just kind of work on projects. Yeah. And, Growing up, I loved Frisbee golf. So we're in the middle of a virus. Can't leave the house. I started much. making yeah. some Frisbee golf nets. Um, you know, a regular Frisbee golf net, which is probably a good net, yeah. <laughs> is 100 bucks. So I went to Home Depot, and we got some studs and some chains, and we made some that yeah. are not regulation size, and they don't look good, but it's a, it's a Frisbee golf net, man. it's Frisbee golf course. If you looked at it, you, you could tell what I was going for. Yeah. So, uh... I got four of those set up. I'm trying to get like a legit nine hole course that can be played mm -hmm. frontwards and backwards to be a legit 18 hole course. Maybe we'll have a little laser wolfers big golf tourney out here. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we've got some trails back in the back to test the can ams. Um, I'm really into off road vehicles as you. That's a huge passion for you. Isn't huge that? passion. Yeah. I mean, it, I've been. I got my first dirt bike when I was four years old. Um, and since that day, I've bought and sold dirt bikes and four-wheelers and jet skis and, mm -hmm. you know, anything with a motor in it that's sketchy. I love it. And um, You still have the boat? I have the boat. The boat's getting reupholstered right now. Um, can't wait to go do yeah. some fishing. Out it's at, just like, a, I mean, if you've ever seen Fantasy Factory, it's basically an Oklahoma Fantasy Factory, isn't it? I think you'll find, though, Fun havers if you really look central. in depth, most of the stuff I have is kind of old that I fixed up to look new. Like the, like the boat? <laughs> like the boat. <laughs> the boat's a 2004, but you you wax it, you but put it new floats. stickers on it, yeah. you put new upholstery in it, you clean the motor up. Exactly. People are like, man, this boat's so badass. I'm like, man, I got like five grand in that thing. Yeah. Where most people, you know, boats comparatively, 30 to $50,000. Right. So, you know, I have more problems than the average guy. Sometimes some things happen at the lake. We had a propeller fall off one time in the middle of Grand Lake. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my uh, U.S. Coast Guard. Was it uh, just uh, you and your girlfriend at the time? Yeah, it was just me and my girl. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was just me and my girl. It took uh, so long to get back. That was early on, too, right? In the relationship? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's and still around. That's good. She's, oh, she's a keeper, man. Yeah, with a broken ACL. With a broken ACL. Not my fault. No. No, I, uh, I, I just love fun. You know, I've got... You guys can't see, but behind us, I got a couple of my off-road vehicles, and 
both of them, I have figured out a loophole to street legalize them. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is a, now a business for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're a cop here in Oklahoma city, you know me, <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, but, uh, I found out a loophole, a way to street legalize these. That's not even a loophole. That's actually legitimate. Okay. Um, when we buy these things, you're required to title them. And when you pay your taxes, one of the things you pay is excise tax. Okay. And an excise tax on one of these off-road machines is the same, sometimes more than a vehicle excise tax. Excise tax is made for repairs of road, bridges, agriculture, things sure. that you damage while riding your vehicle. Yeah. Well, in many states, I think it's 25 states right now, you can file for an application to add turn signals, your horn, your lights, mm-hmm. add all the stuff that you need to be, you know, legitimate car basically. Legal, yeah. And then you apply through the state for a change of title okay. and you register it and you get insurance and they give you a plate. Um, Oklahoma, we're a little bit behind on that. And, yeah. um, we, uh, don't have a plating situation. We have other things for motorcycles and trikes, but just hadn't come to the UTVs yet. Right. So I figured out a way to do it out of state. I opened up an LLC out of state. Um, I actually have three different states that I can do this in. And um, because of that, I've street legalized a few different vehicles. I've got a street Can-Am, an off-road Can-Am. Got a couple of guys here in town that have razors and Can-Ams and other buggies that, uh-huh. you know, they should be street legal. You see a, some of these trikes and, yeah. you know, Crazy we're not stuff. an inspection state. So yeah. some of the cars you see on the road are just ridiculous. Uh, harmful. I would take that over a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, mate, it's been a pleasure. I know we've been trying to do this for a very, very, very long time. We're Thanks to about it. COVID-19, you don't have as much time on your hands, which is unfortunate. Yep. Uh, but at least we can do this, man. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Mike. You've been a good friend, and we've had some good times, and hopefully we'll continue to have stuff. some more. Yeah. Where can, so what's the Instagram handles? Where can people see your work? Uh, I'm really bad at social media. I'll go ahead and put that out there. <laughs> king of uh, the repost. Yep, king yeah. of the repost. <laughs> um, I, my, my Instagram is what I post the most on. That's the laser guy. And we actually just started another Instagram. Uh, let me back up the laser guy. Our laser company is laser wolf effects, which is also Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I just started an off-road Instagram called laser wolf garage. Um, I've been working on side by sides on on the side. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, I'll put that down below and yeah go to those check out the photos check out the videos and some crazy stuff and i'm sure there's there has to be a youtube show coming soon for the amount of stuff that goes on here so we'll see about that we'll see about that but thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you next episode cheers thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.